The following is a paid program on the VOCM Big Land FM radio network. This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, licensed insolvency trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, are you living paycheck to paycheck? Are you struggling to keep up, pay down debt, or even invest in your financial future? If the answer is yes, then you're certainly not alone. According to a recent study which combines the National Payroll Institute's annual survey with analysis by the Financial Wellness Lab of Canada, more Canadians are living this way. And it really is a concerning trend and one of several concerning trends that was revealed within this study. So joining me now to talk about this annual report and offer their advice are Stephen Van Alstein. He's the Vice President of Education with the National Payroll Institute and Chuck Grace, Program Manager at Canada's Financial Wellness Lab and Program Director for Western University's Financial Wellness Lab and Program Director for the Ivy Academy's Investment Professional Leadership Program. So thank you both for joining me today. Thanks Good for morning. having us, Nancy. Great to it's be a, here. It's a pleasure. So I'll start with you, Stephen. Before we get started and really dig into the results of the survey, can you share a little bit more with our listeners about the role of the National Payroll Institute? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Nancy, and thanks again for having us. Uh, so the National Payroll Institute, we actually rebranded earlier this year. We were founded uh, 44 years ago as the Canadian Payroll Association, and we were founded on, at that time, a, a government advocacy issue around the record of employment. And a group of payroll professionals came together to be a voice for government uh, with respect to the role of payroll and uh, felt that it was important that that voice be heard with government. And, and over our 44 years, we have increased that influence, uh, that voice, um, influenced legislation related specifically to payroll. And then outside of that, we've developed a strong uh, designation program that almost 17,000 uh, Canadians across the country have taken and, and currently hold. Uh, and as well, we do professional development seminars. But for 14 years, we've been doing this research and it's grown in its, you know, in the messaging that we're providing and, and the partnership that we've now done with, with Chuck's organization, uh, the Wellness Lab. And, and we're really pleased that the messaging that we're doing is resonating with Canadians with regard to what their spending habits are, what they're doing with their paycheck. And, um, and as I say, well, we've sort of taken a step back just because of what's been happening in the economy. And I know we're going to get into that. I just think the work that we're doing with Chuck and the Wellness Lab is, is really becoming uh, an important annual and ongoing effort to, to educate Canadians about their paychecks and what they can and should be doing. Yeah, and I think that's great. And, you know, partnerships like this are, are often beneficial, right? And and this analysis and, and I guess the commentary that it provides for Canadians is so important, especially in a time when there is so much uncertainty, right? And people are not sure what the future holds, right? I talked uh, with colleagues yesterday about a recession, right? And, and when yes. is it going to happen? Because I think everyone agrees it's going to happen. It's just around when. And there's differing opinions on that and how long it will last. So thanks for that, Stephen. And, and yeah, so, Chuck, you. If, you could, if you could share some background regarding Financial Wellness Lab. 
Uh, for sure, and, and thank you for asking. Um, and of course, as soon as you're on the radio, you get a, a frog in your throat, right? <laughs> so the lab is about uh, nine months old at this point. Um, it was brought together uh, with the National Payroll Institute plus another uh, four industry partners. And our goal is to apply uh, leading edge analytical techniques to the topic of financial uh, wellness and financial resiliency. Uh, what makes us a little bit different is that we're looking at um, baseline hardcore transactional data. So right down to you know, how people are investing, how they're spending their money. And that gives us very unique insights into, into the patterns we're seeing. And we're applying techniques like machine learning to make sure we understand those patterns. As we're gonna get into in, in a second, you know, the topic of financial resiliency is very complex. Uh, it's as complex as people, and you know, 33 million people across Canada creates a lot of complexity. So we're using these uh, very modern, very robust analytical um, techniques like machine learning to really ensure we understand uh, what we're seeing, that we understand the patterns, and that we can come up with uh, unique suggestions, uh, unique to Canadians. Uh, the data we're looking at is very unique to Canada, and our goal is to, to do whatever we can to help Canadians be more financially resilient. And that is important, right? Because economies are different. And although we're hearing about, you know, recession in the U.S. and, you know, there could be some similarities, it's important that you do focus on what's happening here at home, right? And that we're speaking directly to Canadians. Uh, mm -hmm. And I love that financial resiliency. Like resiliency is such a, a powerful word and certainly one that we've heard a lot over the last few years and that we resonate with here, certainly in New with Newfoundland and, and Labrador. We've always been... Um, talked about as being a very resilient people with a lot of the things that we've had to go through in our history. So let's mm -hmm. turn now to the to the latest study. So the National Payroll Institute describes the findings of its latest study as worrisome financial trends that are gaining traction. In its release, the National Payroll Institute also states that working Canadians are beginning to experience the first drops of a financial stress storm that appears to be gaining intensity. So Stephen, what can you tell us about that? Those are really two powerful statements. Yeah, they are powerful statements, Nancy. And I, I think, you know, when the pandemic first hit, of course, there were those, you know, tremors of uncertainty within the economy, but those relatively quickly turned around after we sort of realized that we could, you know, work from home, we could weather that storm at that time. And because a lot of Canadians were working from home, um, you know, not having those normal expenses of driving into work, getting coffee, going out for lunch, even purchasing clothes for, for the office. You know, we're hearing those kinds of things as we start returning to the office, that those additional expenses are starting to sort of impact individuals. Really, um, through that the, those last two years, we've seen people, we saw in the results of our survey, which again, we've been doing for 14 years, that people were saving more than before. They weren't just saving, you know, one to 5%, they were saving five to 10%, which is what financial experts say is really the marker of what you should be doing to prepare for retirement and, and prepare for later in life. But what we've seen with the, these results is that 
fortunes are reversing or trends are reversing, people are going back to those habits of not being able to save as much. You know, we've always through time, through the 14 years of the survey, been talking about living paycheck to paycheck because that's where the connection is to payroll. We're the ones that are, you know, paying uh, working Canadians. And what are what are people able to do with that net pay? And and again, we're going to get into some of this data a little more deeply. But people are are not able to just be able to rely on that net pay. They're living paycheck to paycheck. So what would happen if there was an interruption in somebody's pay? And of course, Nancy, you've been talking about that that awful R-word recession. And I was, you know, I'm out in Calgary this morning, but I was listening to the news and, and you know, that word recession is starting to be used a lot more. And as you said earlier, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And so if people aren't saving, if inflation is one of their key uh, concerns, uh, you know, what what can we do? And I, I think, again, that's where Chuck's organization and the Wellness Lab and our partnership becomes so important because it's helping people to recognize where they are and what they can do to change that. Because we did see change within the last two years of, of a positive nature. Now we're starting to see, as we say, those those sort of storm clouds kind of brewing and and it's not a good situation. So awareness is important we're bringing that awareness and what can people do to kind of reverse or weather that storm a little more effectively yeah it's so important right that you have the skills uh, to be able to do that right so to prepare yourself for that recession to prepare yourself um for, for the things that can happen. And I think you're right. Like people, when the pandemic first started, it really opened a lot of people's eyes to what the importance of an emergency fund. Yes. And although they now recognize the importance of an emergency fund and saving for the future, many of them are unable to do so. So your survey shows that the number of Canadians living paycheck to pay paycheck has actually increased by 26% compared to last year. And the number of employed Canadians spending more than their net pay is the highest level ever reported in the survey, up 11% from last year. Canadian workers are also saving less than they were a year ago. In fact, those saving just 1% to 5% of their pay increased to 34%, up from 27% in the last survey. And the study also shows a significant increase in debt levels among working Canadians, 27% reporting an increase in debt. That's up from 17%, so a significant increase. Those with credit card debt skyrocketed to 42% up from 29% in 2021. Some staggering statistics there, Chuck. Anything that surprises you? Um, I guess not. If, if you're a, a student of, of human behavior, um, the, the results are perhaps scary, a little bit shocking, but not necessarily surprising. Um, in talking to one of your colleagues yesterday, Nancy, she described the, the pandemic as the great pause where uh, the, the financial habits of Canadians were in many respects forced to pause. Um, it's not that they chose to triple their savings, they had no choice, right? They had to stay home. So coming out of that, what we are curious to see is whether that would create a permanent change in habits. Uh, would people elect to stay home? Would they put the cars away? Would they cut up the credit cards and, and those kind of things? And I guess not surprisingly, most Canadians 
Canadians have resorted to some of their old habits. And that's where I think you see that, that big increase in some of the numbers. It's not that um, they've gone up dramatically, it's that they reverted back to pre-pandemic levels. That by itself is a little bit scary. But then when we talk about you know, rising interest rates, um, inflation coming to the fore, the escalation in housing prices and the debt associated with that, and then a recession, it says, whoa, are you really sure you want to be moving in that direction at this point in time? I know for sure it is kind of a perfect storm when you look at all those items. And I know, Chuck, that the lab's analysis, you know, when you look at this study, it allowed you to put Canadians in kind of uh, one of three clusters. So we're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Stephen Van Alstine. He's the Vice President of Education with the National Payroll Institute and Chuck Grace, Program Manager at Canada's Financial Wellness Lab. So we mentioned uh, just before the end of the last segment that the National Payroll Institute partnered with the Financial Wellness Lab of Canada for their study and the lab's scientific analysis allowed you Chuck, to cluster survey respondents into one of three clusters, and they are financially comfortable, coping, and stressed. And by categorizing working Canadians into one of these three clusters, the study actually revealed signs that state our financial health is worsening. Since the last survey, the comfortable cluster has shrunk by 10%, down from 46% in 2021. And this 10% are now counted in the coping up 8%, up 8%, sorry, and stressed up 2%. So this cluster analysis also shows that the gap has widened between the coping and the stressed clusters, indicating a growing level of distress among those who are financially struggling the most. What's concerning really as well is that this data also indicates that things are likely to become even more difficult for people in the near future. So Chuck, what can you tell us about this and and how concerning are these statistics when it comes to the financial wellness of Canadians? Uh, sure. Let me let me tell you first a little bit about clustering because I think some of your listeners might not be familiar with it. But it's it's one of the uh, the leading edge analytics that I talked about in the first segment, and it's around machine learning, and it's a technique that allows us to essentially throw everything we can into into a computer, and then let the computer tell us where it sees patterns. Uh, without the use of this, previously we would have seen surveys, for example, that, that said um, young people are feeling financially stressed and, and old people are quite comfortable, uh, some of those sort of basic demographics. But when we used this technique, it came back and said, no, the the clusters look a little bit different. There's a group of Canadians that aren't stressed They're saving money, they're optimistic about the future, they're spending within their means, and they have their debt under control. We call those comfortable. There's another group on the other end who are having trouble uh, meeting their expenses each month. They may be spending more than they make, and they're turning to credit cards and such things uh, to make sure they can keep food on the table. And we call that the stressed group. 
they're they're less optimistic about the future and they're they're feeling like financial pressures are impacting their home life and their their work life. And then there's the group in the middle that we called coping, saving a little bit, spending under control, but a little worried about debt moving forward. So those are the, you know, that's where we started in our analysis. And what really surprised us when we looked at it is that some of the demographics, uh, age groups, genders, where you live and how much money you make had no bearing on those clusters. That uh, you know, we saw lots of people making good incomes who are in the stress group. About 41% of the stress group are are making more than $100,000. And we saw young people making very little money in the comfortable group, which led us to believe, okay, this must be a little bit about uh, habits and behavior. What what are the habits and behaviors that these groups exhibit? And what really rose to the fore, what crystallized these clusters, is spending, saving, and debt. Uh, if you're spending less than your income, saving the difference and avoiding debt, you're probably going to be comfortable, regardless of how much money you make, what gender you are, and how old you are. When you look at spending, savings, and debt, and then you put that in the context of inflation and rising interest rates, that's when you go, "Uh uh-oh, because for that group that has accumulated perhaps too much debt, rising interest rates are a huge problem. If you look at the clusters that are just barely keeping their spending under control, inflation becomes a huge problem. No, absolutely. And I'm glad you made that distinction, Chuck, because I'm sure many people listening would have said the clusters are are based on income, right? So depending on how much money you make, because I see that all the time in my business too, right? People think about, well, people who need your services or people that are insolvent are low income or unemployed or whatever the case may be. But I always say to them that is one of the biggest myths about what we do, because Mm -hmm. it's not based on how much money you make. It's based on your ability to be able to service your debt. And if you name an income level or you name an occupation, I can tell you that they've been clients of mine. Um, So, you know, the fact that many of the people you're talking about in the stress category are over $100,000 in income is probably surprising to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, big incomes lead to bigger uh, bigger houses, bigger cars, bigger debt loads, and... um, Nice lifestyles, and it's still important to make it fit. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think it's that adage about the more you have, the more you spend, right? And and Nancy, as you say, I think you're in that perfect position to see that. So it really kind of resonates that there, there is no or should be no surprises with regard to this clustering that the individual that might be perceived to be more well off is just as uh, likely or able to be sitting in that stressed cluster as, as anybody. And that's why it's so important for people to be aware, um, you know, and, and understand that they can do something about that. We can, we saw the shift in those clusters definitely through the pandemic. Now we've seen a more negative shift, but we know that that shift can take place again with just a few behavioral changes. And that's part of what the output of the the research is is trying to do. 
Absolutely. And talking about uh, spending, right, we, we mentioned earlier that the number of employed Canadians spending more than their net pay is at the highest level that you've ever reported, Stephen. And, and unsurprisingly, those in the stress cluster are living closest to their limits, with 91% in that cluster spending all or more than their net pay, which is up from 82% in 2021. So were you surprised at all by those numbers? We've, again, we've been doing this survey for a long time and we've seen fluctuations, but, you know, Chuck made a great comment earlier. It's shocking, but probably not surprising, again, just because of what we've seen, you know, you know, inflation and increased costs, 85% of individuals said that that was one of their top concerns. So if prices are rising, uh, obviously, that's going to have a very direct impact on your net pay. Uh, and, you know, inflation rates have been higher than they've been in decades. Uh, and the, the Bank of Canada, of course, is trying to do things like increase interest rates to sort of quell that. But it's it's certainly, while it's been having a bit more of a positive impact here in Canada because our inflation rate uh, last month was starting to creep down, uh, you know, in the United States, the biggest economy, one of the biggest economies on the globe, uh, it's, it's still not having an impact. So there's still talk of the potential for interest rates to go up even higher. So if people are putting uh, a lot of that debt on their credit cards, which again, the survey showed that there's increased use of, of credit cards to pay down debt or to carry debt, that's concerning if interest rates are going up. So costs are going up, people are being forced to use credit cards, credit card in, uh, interest rates are going up uh, as a result of the attempt to quell inflation. And it, again, it's just this perfect storm that we keep talking about. So yeah, people have really got to understand that net pay and that you can't spend more than your net pay because it has to, it, you know, that money has to come from somewhere. And, and that's the challenge. And that's, I think, what, what is stressing people out so significantly. You know, there's no question that high inflation, rising interest rates are a concern. And you're right, we're expecting another interest rate increase, I would think, uh, sometime in October. And it shows, right, that it is a concern because your study said that an overwhelming majority, 85% of working Canadians, are turning to credit cards to fund the basics as a result of this high inflation. But although credit card debt might not necessarily be impacted uh, by rising interest rates, if you have variable rate mortgages, lines of credit, home equity lines, which we've been talking for years about how people are using home equity lines of credit as an ATM, that's going to come home to roost now with these rising interest rates. And there's no doubt that the findings of this year's annual National Payroll Institute study are cause for concern. But it is important to remember that, especially for those of you who are feeling overwhelmed, you can turn this around and improving your financial well-being is possible. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Stephen Van Alstein. He's the vice president of education with the National Payroll Institute and Chuck Grace, program manager at Canada's Financial Wellness Lab. So we've been talking about the National Payroll Institute 
Institute's annual survey. And this year's report included analysis by the Financial Wellness Lab of Canada. There's no doubt that the findings of this study, like so many other recent surveys that we've talked about, really are concerning. And these are uncertain economic times, and we know many Canadians are struggling financially. The Payroll Institute shows us many are feeling financial stress and anxiety and unsure what to do. I guess the good news is that despite how dark things appear right now, you can turn this around and you can move from the stressed or coping cluster that we talked about in the last segment to the financially comfortable cluster. And that is what I want to focus on uh, for the rest of the show. Some advice for our listeners, Stephen, and Chuck, around how they can they can go about doing that. So the first step really is understanding the reality of your current situation, then not waiting to get started. Would you agree with that, Chuck? Uh, absolutely. So, you know, we talked about the great pause uh, early on in the conversation, and and maybe there's an opportunity right now to take a mini pause and just take stock uh, of where you are and where you sit, and knowing that there's, there's really three levers that can determine uh, where you're going to land, uh, spending, savings, and debt. And then focusing in on what you can control within that. Uh, that'll reduce the stress, give you something that you feel you can control and you're not overwhelmed by you know, world events and so forth. Uh, so pause, take stock, and, uh, and anticipate what's coming. Uh, in that regard, we did work with the, the National Payroll Institute to put together a diagnostic tool that can help you identify uh, which cluster you're in. Um, Stephen, did you want to talk to, to sure. that since it resides on, on your website? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to, Chuck. So, and again, we worked closely with, with Chuck's team, obviously, because it is a diagnostic tool and it's a, a financial fitness evaluator. And really what it does, and I think part of, of the challenge is recognizing where you sit, recognizing what it is that's kind of driving your, your motivations. As Chuck said, spending savings and debt and coming to grips with all of that is important, but also kind of realizing where you feel you sit and how you can, I think that recognition recognition is important in how you can change things. So, you know, again, reiterating what Chuck said, if you're in that stressed or coping category, there are things you can do to change that. And, and certainly, Nancy, you as an insolvency uh, consultant uh, are helping people all the time, you know, making those decisions. Uh, but part of the initial step is that recognition. And then, uh, you know, getting the assistance of the financial advice. Um, you know, one of the things we suggest within payroll, and again, this isn't self-promotion because we in payroll have no gain in having people saving more, but we always recommend that uh, organizations put savings programs in place at their organization so that people can dedicate part of their net pay to savings. So, you know, and it can be very incremental. It can start very incrementally, but I think it's just those those small behavioral things that can be done uh, to assist people in, in that recognition. So again, we've got that, that financial fitness evaluator through our website that we would love people to, to utilize to help that initial recognition and, and see hopefully over time that shift from those stressor categories up to those comfort coping and comfort categories. 
No, I love that. And I always say, and I've said several times on this show, right, knowledge is power. So part of that knowledge is seeing where you are right now, right? Getting that baseline. So Stephen, could you just share your website maybe for people if they want to go to that evaluator and kind of get their baseline and figure out where they sit and, and what their next steps should look like? Yeah, you can. Uh, anybody can visit our website and, and it's a very simple URL. It's payroll.ca. Uh, go on our website, go to the resources section, and uh, by all means, look for the financial fitness evaluator. And again, as you said, Nancy, knowledge is power. And, uh, you know, we're trying to have a positive impact here on people's first recognition and then steps they can take to, to rectify their situation. That's a great segue. So that's what I want to talk about next. So what are those steps? So once you have your baseline of your financial well-being, you can really begin turning the way forward, right? And, and improving that financial health. So Stephen, what advice do you have for listeners on how they can do this? So as I said, uh, you know, getting a financial planner, you don't have to be wealthy to have a financial planner. I think that's a really uh, important step. I, I quoted earlier that financial planners suggest that a 10% savings is, is a, an important mechanism to prepare for retirement, uh, to save for those emergencies, to, to you know, just to to again, help you become more financially comfortable. Um, there's other steps that people can take. Uh, as I said, many payroll uh, departments suggest that individuals can set up those separate dedicated savings accounts. So it could be a deduction from your paycheck, but it's going into your determined dedicated savings account as a separate uh, deduction. And you don't even notice it off of your net pay. Now, that can be challenging for some people. And that's why I said individuals need to sort of set those parameters for themselves. And you can start incrementally. Uh, and, and it's amazing how we saw what happened over the pandemic, where people were able to save. And, uh, you know, th those I think assisted in helping people being able to cope or be more comfortable. Now we're seeing that kind of sort of reversal of fortune. And, uh, you know, people just need to keep up with those habits, understand, spend within their means. Uh, you know, I go back to that comment Chuck made about spending, savings, and recognizing debt attempting not to put things on those credit cards, which are charging those exorbitant exorbitant amounts of, of interest. Chuck, uh -huh. did you have any any thoughts to add on, on what I've suggested? Sure, um, thanks, Stephen. I, I, Nancy, I wanna add two things to, to this conversation. Number one, independent of this study, the lab has been looking at uh, what leads to financial resiliency and wellness. And one of the studies we're, we're just tidying up now is looking at um, Canadians' investing habits. And this comes back to, if you can, put your savings on automatic. Put them uh, payroll deduction or through uh, pre-authorized withdrawals uh, with your investor. We looked at the trading transactions and determined that there are sort of four groups or clusters of people when it came to investing. Those who invest in relatively just leave it alone, don't touch it, let it ride. Those who trade and chase and try and find the latest trends and the hottest things to invest in. Um, people who tend to panic and pull money out of the market at the first sign of trouble. And then there's people that saved on a regular basis. And when it came to building wealth, 
the savers were by far the, the biggest accumulators of wealth. It really didn't matter what you invested in or what you chased. If you put your savings on autopilot and just let it run, you're wealthier in the long run and we can avoid some of the, the behavioral issues that might come up. So that would be my first recommendation. Um, autopilot, your savings. And then the other one is as we burrow into the clusters and we look specifically at, you know, after you've done the diagnostic with the fitness tool, what we discovered in our analysis is there's different levers that each cluster is sensitive to. The comfortable cluster, for example, is more sensitive to spending and the impact on inflation. So I would encourage people who are comfortable to have a good look at their household budget right now and make sure they're focused on, on needs and not just wants. The coping cluster was most, um, most concerned about debt and savings. So have a look at your spending, make sure you're continuing to save. Those savings become your resiliency cushion when things get a little rough. And then for the stressed group, it was really about the debt and anything you can do to reduce that debt, focusing first on the high interest uh, debt, um, reducing that, getting rid of that, consolidating it, anything you can do there, uh, I think is gonna have a big, uh, a big payday. So again, comfortable, look at spending, coping, debt and savings, and stressed, get rid of the credit cards. Some great advice, Chuck, and I love how you're talking about the people who are comfortable. There's still work to be done, right? It doesn't mean because you're in that comfortable category that you've got it all figured out and there's there's nothing else that you could be or should be looking at. And of course, we know that for those that are struggling, getting really personalized financial advice specific to their situation really does wonders. And we're gonna talk about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money with BDO. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. I'm joined today by Stephen Van Alstein. He's the Vice President of Education with the National Payroll Institute and Chuck Grace, Program Manager at Canada's Financial Wellness Lab. So we've been talking about the National Payroll Institute Institute's annual survey, and it reveals a sharp decline in the financial well-being of Canadian workers. We're also seeing more people living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to save and taking on debt, all concerning trends amid high inflation and, of course, rising interest rates. But as you heard in the last segment, as bleak as the study statistics are, you can turn it around and you can improve your financial situation and therefore your overall financial health and well-being. So both Stephen and Chuck shared some great advice before the break, and, and we have more advice for you now. So when it comes to financial advice, and improving your financial health, another option is to work with a professional. And Stephen, you alluded to this uh, in the last segment, right? The importance of, of working with a financial advisor and how it doesn't matter the amount of money or the wealth that you have. That's not an indicator of whether or not you should be working with a financial advisor. But I want to point out that an earlier survey from Financial Planning Canada also supports this. So according to the FP Canada poll, Canadians who work with a financial planner are far less likely to cite money as their top concern than those who don't work with a planner, 15% versus 39%. And they're less likely to face anxiety, depression, or mental health issues 
as a result of financial stress than those who don't work with a planner, 16% versus 36%. And they're comparatively more hopeful about their financial futures than they were a year ago. So these findings certainly do support what you found in your study as well, Stephen. So let's talk more about other avenues of support. What should Canadians, or sorry, what should Canadian workers, I guess, be doing to improve their financial situation? Yeah, thanks, Nancy. I, I think, you know, we have to look for avenues or, or directions that we can take to assist us because, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to go it alone with regard to this and, and support is an important factor. Um, and you made a very important point that people are thinking about this. If, if you're stressed, it increases your anxiety and that's impacting your productivity at work as well. So you don't want to be impacting uh, the this with, with your everyday work. Um, part of our survey and what we're going to talk about through Financial Literacy Month in November is that people are spending productivity time at work. Organizations are losing $40 billion a year with people thinking about and being anxious about their situation. So what can they do? So again, fortunate for many working Canadians, organizations have employee assistance programs. And those employee assistance programs are there for various things, uh, one of which is the ability to acquire information about financial advice, where you can get a, a financial advice and who you can employ to assist you. Because again, you know, Financial advisors are accessible to all of us. And it doesn't have to be something that you're you're investing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in. That incremental, those incremental steps, as I've said before, are, are really important for individuals to take those steps to start their path towards financial comfort, that those financially comfortable uh, individuals. And again, I want to reiterate the um, part of that is recognizing where you sit initially. So a direct link to our financial fitness evaluator is actually financiallyfit.ca. So that's the, uh, the URL that individuals can go to, financiallyfit.ca, to assess themselves and then take those steps by, you know, if you don't know a financial advisor or you, you're sort of questioning, well, how do I even get started? Reach out to EAP if you have access to an EAP program at your organization. Talk to your payroll professional. I mean, again, these payroll, our payroll professionals are there uh, paying you every week accurately and on time, uh, you know, talk to them about the possibility of setting up those extra savings. Even small amounts can build to big amounts to, to set that comfort level for you. Absolutely. You have to start somewhere, right? So it doesn't matter how little or how much you're able to save. The important point is that you you start that process. Right. And I agree with you. Having it come directly from your paycheck, if you've never had it, you don't miss it. So you just get used to what your new net pay amount is. You begin to budget and living within uh, those means and your savings becomes automatic to Chuck point, Chuck's point earlier, right? That can be so important. Yes. And for those of you out there who don't have an employee assistant program, Program. There is a myriad of government and nonprofit uh, organizations that can provide these supports and help. 
Um, FCAC also has some great advice on their website of things that you can do. But I think, Chuck, the key really here is to do something rather than waiting, right? It's important that, you know, the Canadians understand the sooner they take action to build strong financial habits, the sooner their financial well-being will improve, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, when we get into the math and we start looking at the numbers, um, you know, one of the, the, the tools we use all the time in finance is the time value of money. And the, the first word in that is the most important one. It's time. Uh, the earlier you start, the, the wealthier you're going to be. The earlier you start, uh, the faster the debt's going to go away and it's no longer a burden for you. So waiting is not a good option. In this scenario, uh, acting now and getting started, uh, we think, is really, really important, again, given the events that have happened and are coming. If I could add just a little bit to, to Stephen's um, explanation of some of the tools that are available to you. Um, Nancy, you just mentioned the FCAC, the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada. Uh, I'm a big supporter of them. There are apps available for most of the banks today that will help you with budgeting and saving and those kind of things. But if you're worried about whether they're being 100% objective with you. Uh, the FCAC is 100% objective. They're in the consumer's, um, um, what do you call it? <laughs> They're on the side of the consumer in all of this. So they have uh, tools on managing money, debt borrowing, literacy, calculators for mortgages, et cetera. So I'd strongly support them. You've mentioned advisors. I would strongly support that. Um, They'll have a strong call to action. They'll keep you moving. You know, anybody who's a member of a gym or exercises, you know, there's a reason why you tend to run with other people or have a trainer who's helping you along. Sometimes this is uncomfortable. Sometimes it's painful. And having a voice in your corner egging you on can be a really, really powerful, a powerful way to, to turn things around. I can yeah, agree I, more, right? Accountability yeah. and uh, motivation, right? And if I could yeah. just add one one point to what Chuck's saying, you know, because again, we're all, we're we're talking about positive steps that can be taken here, and again, this isn't going to last forever. We, I, again, I'll reiterate, we saw positive changes that took place over the pandemic with our abilities to save more and and accumulate, uh, you know, more comfort, but it's not going to last forever. But the sooner that action is taken, some form of action is taken to build a stronger financial uh, set of habits, I think the brighter the forecast is going to be. I think that's really the strong message that we have to provide here. I love that, Stephen. Listen, thank you both for joining me today. We've just got a couple of moments left, so I'd like to move to final thoughts. So I'll start with you, Stephen, actually. If you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? Well, I think that final thought would be just that, you know, it's never too late to take action. And, uh, and again, not to sound self-serving here, but, uh, you know, payroll professionals are uh, there in the trenches, making sure that working Canadians are getting paid every, every day, every pay. Uh, this is National Payroll Week. I just want to toss that in at the end, say uh, happy National Payroll Week to all professionals. Uh, they're, uh, they're doing uh, really important work out there to make sure that the Canadians are getting paid accurately and on time. So, and again, thanks very much for the opportunity, Nancy and, and Chuck, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to interact with you as well. 
great, Stephen. Thank you so much. And if people wanted more information about the survey or other information about the national—sorry, other information about the National Payroll Institute—what's the best way for them to do that? I think just going on our website uh, again, payroll.ca, and again, we'll reiterate that uh, fitness evaluator URL. That's financiallyfit.ca. Great. Thanks so much. So I'll turn to you now, Chuck. If you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? Two very um, quick and simple thoughts. Don't wait and don't wait until it hurts and don't do it alone. Um, you know, sort of a, a call to action and don't feel that you have to, to weather this storm all by yourself. Um, very, you know, very simple. If those are the only two things you can take away, that's what I'd suggest. I love that because I often find when people call me for help, they have been struggling for a while and they've been dealing with this financial stress and anxiety for a while, right? So to your point, mm -hmm. don't wait until it hurts, right? Yeah. Or don't continue to let it hurt before you reach out Jeff, for some help and support. So thanks so much. And if people want more information about the financial lab, what's the best way for them to do that? <laughs> to, to wait a little bit. Um, the lab's nine months old and we have just been doing a deep dive into the data. So we've been a little tardy creating uh, a web presence. That's going to change uh, in about a month. But right now, we believe it or not, in this high-tech world, we don't have a web presence. Uh, but if you reach out to Western University, where we're housed, you'll find some information there. And if you wait a month, uh, you'll see a, a new website up and running shortly. Great, well, I look forward to it. Thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having yeah. us. Yeah, thanks and, again, Nancy. Oh, my pleasure, Stephen. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And remember, I do, do want to hear from you. And if you have a comment or question or even a topic that you'd like me to talk about here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment for Your Money, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees on VOCM. The proceeding was a paid program on the VOCM Big Land FM radio network.